0: Well, everyone, welcome back to the Wormhole Manifest podcast, or if you're just now joining for the very first time, welcome. It is now the year 2022, and this is the start of the second season of the show. The first season was started late last year around September timeframe, and I wanted to start this year off fresh with a whole new routine and material and content, so I hope you like it. I'll start off by saying thank you to all those who have listened to those first season episodes, and many, many thanks to all the wonderful people who willingly decided to be test subjects on a new podcast project before they knew anything about it, or about me for that matter, except for the few friends that I already knew that decided to help and come along for the ride. Anyway, I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Um, I hope to uh, see you on future episodes. So here we are in a new year. I hope everyone out there has has had a good uh, holidays, um, New Years and Christmas, um, considering the state of the world that that we're in. Um, this is entering the third year of a pandemic, so it's lots of crazy stuff going on um, and, and lots of things have changed. Uh, I for one did have a great time uh, this past holidays and I'm very thankful and blessed for how it turned out. I'm thankful for the people in my life and the directions things are going. There's a lot of ground that has been covered in the last few years uh, as far as my mental health goes and there's still much work to be done but I'm grateful to be here and to be moving forward. A few quick notes about the direction this project is heading. I'm going to continue to make the show centered around mental health awareness or mental health in general as much as possible while discussing other interesting topics and different things with many different special guests. I've been trying to nail down guests that come from all different walks of life so that they can share their perspectives and we can all learn a few things along the way. I like the interview style because it's getting more comfortable for me, but I will also keep it loose and casual at times, too. I'm also going to be working on putting different segments in the show in the future that possibly and possibly even some scripted sketches uh, and things like that just for fun, um, as well as some of my own uh, music creations and things like that. So hopefully we'll see how that goes. I also did create a new YouTube channel for this show. Uh, so I'll be able to post other content in the future and maybe even, uh, outtakes or special, um, behind the scenes footage from the podcast episode recordings, as well as promos to help me, uh, build the show up, um, and to show off more content. Um, the show will continue to evolve this season, I'm sure. And if something is good and it sticks, then I'll keep it. And if something doesn't work out so well, then we'll just uh, change our course and uh, do what what feels like aligns a little better with the uh, the kind of content I want to provide. Um, we shall see. Anyway, it's time to get started. So here we go. Please enjoy the first episode of season two of the Wormhole Manifest Podcast. Thanks. <laughs> This is a show where I add names to a manifest, the Wormhole Manifest, and we venture through this wormhole to exciting destinations where we gain some insight into who these folks are and what they're into in order to attain some new perspectives in life and to share some cool information with all of you listeners. Once we're on the other side, the adventure begins. There's no going back, at least not until the journey is over and the ride comes to an abrupt stop, uh, or if something goes horribly wrong, in case we will all uh, just get vaporized,
1: but it's all on a day's work. So, here we go. Today's special guest is someone I admire very much
0: from the Frown Town podcast, and I'm excited to kick this new season off with them. So, V Chatty, your name has been added to the manifest. Are you ready to tell the listeners a thing or two about what it means to be a badass?
2: Oh, a badass. Hmm. Um, I mean, all you have to do for people to think that you're a badass is just like, I don't know, uh, have ADD so that you get interested in lots of different things. And, you know, by the time you're in your early thirties and people, talk to you, they're like, wow, you've done a lot of different things. Uh, and you can be like, yeah, I am easily bored and distracted. Um, <laughs> or, you know, get into bladesmithing. I did that for a while. It was rad. Uh, shout out. To, bladesmithing? Yeah, my professor, J.D. Smith. Um, he He was dope. He, he still is dope he was boss um but yeah i made a knife uh we i, I also made a hammer out of damascus steel just still like probably one of the dopest things i've ever made i still have it it's very functional it's but it's solid like the wow. handle and the hammer head are all forged out of like one piece that has like a multi-directional damascus pattern with no uh no break no brakes no uh pockets uh if you've ever watched forged in fire i don't know if you watched the show uh
1: i think i've heard of it is that where it's, they're like it's
2: like it's bladesmith they compete things. they compete against each other and uh hmm. it's funny because i remember when that full fo- for the show first came on and i would periodically see like people that i knew <laughs> from college uh and that was always fun um uh, but what happens is when you when you take these pieces of steel, you have to laminate them together. Like Damascus, for people who don't know, it's like folded steel. So, um, mm, yeah, you have to fold the steel together, and 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 it comes from a tradition of like back when they used to use, um, like back when they were making blades, way, like when they first discovered steel, they used to yeah. make swords out of like copper uh hmm. and shit like that and then they discovered steel and steel is a lot harder to work with because it has a higher melting temperature it's just a harder material
0: yeah like it has uh, to be tempered and all that
1: mm-hmm. yeah. well
2: i mean everything has to be tempered everything every right m- metal is it just all has different
1: there's a lot of math involved
0: too because i had a friend who was well, a metallurgist. I mean...
2: Yeah, there's math involved, but you just have to follow formulas. The formulas have all already been done. Just fucking follow the formulas and then learn all the formulas and then experiment after you've learned them. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like, so they used to dig out this iron ore, and iron ore is like, it looks like a big, just a big rock, like a big heavy rock. Yeah. And they would, like, put it in a smelting furnace. So this is before they could like melt iron fully. They would put it in a little furnace, usually made out of dirt or sand or some shit, and then they burn it. And then all the impurities, like the sand and rocks and the silica and anything that wasn't steel for the most part, yeah, would melt all those element- out of it. elements. Yeah, it would melt out, and then you would end up with a uh, this thing that looks like Swiss cheese, essentially um and then they would hammer that out and as they hammered it the little holes would seal shut and they they would fold it and hammer it out again and fold it and hammer it out again this is how they like put you had to put more carbon into your steel cuz carbon makes steel harder and uh, keep an edge anyway that's knives
1: <laughs> so that's how you become a badass <laughs>
0: Learn everything there is to know about making blades.
2: Yeah, learn uh, well, yeah, and then you know that's
0: legit, some, though. I mean, do some
2: foundry yeah. work. You know, uh, that's yeah. pretty badass too. I have
0: a few samurai swords, like some katana uh-huh. blades, and I've always been a fan. And I've I've practiced uh, um, kendo and and things like that. I have some wooden swords that I practice with, but I I really haven't practiced forever. But
1: um, you know what's it's always up? fun. You
2: know what's fucked up about katanas, like. Huh. Real true g- katanas. It's they're folded like a, the process I was just telling you about. They're supposed to be yeah. folded like a thousand times. Yeah. and yeah, I've heard that. But when they when they do the quench at the end, you know, you always see in the movies, and I have so many issues with metalworking in the movies. Like <laughs> they'll pour like a cast of a sword, and then you'll see them hitting it, and you're <laughs> like oh, that's not how swords are made. (laughs) Not how good swords are made. Um, But though, like, (laughs) a katana blade, you know, the folds kind of give it this integrity, this structure. And so you have to fold it like a thousand times. And when they go to quench the katana blade for the final temper process, that blade is straight. Hmm. And when it goes into the, the quench bath, it that it, it curves like in a second and like even with the master and this takes like there's like weeks of work going into this blade and even if you're really fucking good at making katanas like you're a master 50% of the time your blade just snaps in half oh wow yeah so that's
0: crazy cuz like i mean yeah. I, i'm obviously a, a big fan of People that have listened before know I'm in anime and in Japanese culture and I stuff tell. And,
2: and uh, <laughs> the, uh <laughs> I give me that vibe. the um I,
0: a long time ago, I was very much into um well like I would say back in my teens and stuff i I saw the movie Highlander, and I was like so into Highlander because he used the katana and like the whole mythos behind the story and everything but like I just love swords. I've loved swords my whole life. But um, the what you just said reminded me of that first Highlander movie when they found the little shards of a blade in a <laughs> uh, a like a, um, a parking structure. There was like a, a like a pillar inside of a parking garage and like the guy's sword stuck into it. And there was like it was like the first fight in the first movie. Um, where the guy got his head taken off. Um, and there was a person there who was a, I don't know if they were a metal metallurgist or, or what, but they, they picked out these pieces of this blade and they went back and took it to the lab and studied it. And they were like, these pieces of this sword are like at least a thousand years old. So whoever was using this sword was using like this, it's the, the sword was folded so many times that I think they equated it to something like it's it's like finding a Boeing 747 back in like the 1920s or something, you know, like it was such so like ahead of its time because like they it was so weird. But
2: yeah, but yeah, I I really like swords. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I never made a sword. Uh, Not like I mean, I've made like shitty like I've definitely. Cut a sword shape out of sheet metal, and, like ground it down <laughs> for funsies. Uh, but that's you know that's not a real sword. Uh, although uh, train spike, uh, what are the uh, railroad railroad spikes? Oh
1: yeah, railroad to hold spikes, down the yeah. railroad
2: ties. Those are actually really great for blades because they've already been so hardened. They've been like. Pressed down by the want. train over years and years and years, and you can find them if you go to and don't rip up railroad spikes. That's dangerous. <laughs> right. But like I used to find them all the time. Yeah, yeah. if you go walk the, just walk along the train tracks. Just you know, watch out for the train. Like they go faster than you think, and people get hit by trains a lot. Um, but like yeah, I have a few. When I used to, when I worked in this, uh, I worked in a brothel in Nevada, like the middle of nowhere, and. They had like a, the town was like a town of like 1,200 people and there was a, the brothel was separated from the entire town by train tracks. Like we were literally on the wrong side of the tracks from the rest of the town, (laughs) but I I got a few railroad ties from there um, that I, that I still have that I, I plan to eventually make knives out of when I finally set up the forge again.
1: That'd be cool. Um, so let's go into this uh like
0: little interview part of the sure. uh, the the section of the podcast. Um the the reason I, I, I know you, I, I found out about you was um from your podcast, um from the Town yeah. podcast.
2: Amazing. And I love
1: that.
0: You and Jay uh at adjective J or at adjective underscore J. Um he has been like a very Big help to me getting this podcast off the ground. Oh,
2: he's the best. Um, Jay's the the, best. Like I, I don't. Awesome. I don't know anybody who doesn't like Jay. And if you don't like Jay, I don't trust you.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's just like I don't know. I follow him on Twitter. I follow both of you on on Twitter, and and like I just I see the stuff you guys you guys say, and I'm like, this is totally like right up my alley. I got to get you guys on the (laughs) on the on the show. Um. And he's been instrumental with me because anybody who's listened to prior episodes knows that like me starting this show is kind of like a uh, it's a uh, it's a form of therapy for me because I had Mm -hmm. been through so much like, you know, mental health crap in the past. And like um, I decided, you know, what better way to uh, deal with a lot of the things that I've been going through by trying to help others, showing them that. They're not alone by sharing my stories um, and also to be more creative and, and start creating content and putting it out there based on some of the stuff that I've been through and uh, and and hitting up Jay and asking him how he does some of the, like editing and stuff, because your guy's show had shown me. I've, I've listened to a lot of different podcasts over the time, and I'm, I'm really not like. I'm, I'm kind of like a, a snob when it comes to audio and I'm very OCD yeah and your guys podcast was so crisp and clear and that's so easy to listen that's to all and that's why I was like I gotta find out how they did this you know like, yeah he's, I want to learn excellent. I
2: want to um, produce I think that that is the thing though too because like I have found some podcasts that were like right, seems right up my alley and they had interesting topics and the people who were on them were people that i liked but the audio yeah. quality was just so bad that i couldn't listen to it and it's one thing sometimes like we've had guests before who didn't have the you know proper microphone equipment they were using like their airpods or whatever and right. so the quality isn't as great but when you have the anchor of the good quality audio for the host it kind of makes it easier to deal with
1: yeah yeah uh, yeah exactly
2: so at least for me and I, I've, I've had I that happen to, a few
0: times too i
2: think about what i want in a podcast you know and what yeah what sounds good to me but jay i can't take any credit for the audio quality because that's that's all jay and then this my mic, my, my my dad set me up with a mic because uh he's it's rad <laughs> And I don't get Shout like a lot from dads. my, I, yeah, I don't get a lot from my parents. But like my dad, he's like, he doesn't really like that I'm in the sex industry. And so anytime I do something creative, he'll like throw like a hundred bucks at me or something <laughs> to, to encourage anything that's not yeah. uh, fucking being naked on the internet. <laughs> and I'm like, that's amazing. I mean, that's what
0: like. I'm trying to learn because I have three kids and like my kids are, are are, are always, uh, my, my kids are, my oldest is 15. Um, and then I've, then I have 13 and then the youngest, uh, my daughter is 11. So it's, uh, it's constantly trying to figure out like, how can I be there the best for them? You know, like, and not be like, there's so many good examples out there of what, Being a bad father or bad parent is like you know so I'm like what do I need to do to make sure I don't go into that category you know like because I just I want to be there for him my 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 middle son or my my son my youngest son texts me today and he's like dad I think I want to I want to stop eating um as much red meat and I'm like oh yeah like why you know and he's like well, I don't want to be like a vegetarian or
1: vegan or anything, but I think that it would really help me to focus on, um on, on, like, it would help me better. My self-control is what he said. And huh. I'm like, Hmm.
0: I was like, that's interesting. And, and then I'm how like, so how, he? how does that
1: he's 13.
2: Huh?
1: So, I mean, so I'm like, I, I, I'm like... I would keep
2: an eye on, I would keep an eye on it. I'm going to be honest with you Is it? But... A, yeah. A young male person who has had eating disorders and craved self control through food. Hmm. I'm not saying don't respect his wishes. I think, but I do think that if self control is the reason he wants to stop eating a food, then it might be worthwhile to just, you don't have to dig, but just yeah. keep an eye on it. I, yeah. I don't want to be alarmed or anything.
0: Uh, I, I kind of wondered where it was coming from, because he like never texts me to begin with. They live at, yeah. uh, with my ex in a different house, which is actually okay. long, like two blocks away. So th- I get to see him,
2: two, two. you know,
0: I see him mostly on the weekends, but like uh, they're coming over this weekend and I see him on like holidays and whenever. Or if they just have something they need to do, they need to come to my house and use their computers or whatever. But um, it was random that he texts me today and mentioned that because it was like, I I want him to text me more. You know, I want him to say, Hey dad, what's going on? You know, like, how's it going? And, and just see how things are, you know, like I'm, I, I sit there all day and all night. And before I'm like going to bed, I'm like thinking about my kids and like what they're, I'm wondering, what are they thinking about? Like, are they, do they even think about me? Are they like even considering (laughs) that I exist? You know, (laughs) like,
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't have kids, but I have like siblings who are my children, and (laughs) it's 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 been a process because all three of them, the young, the younger ones, they're all teenagers now. There's a 13 year old, Hmm. a 15 year old, and 16 year old, and yeah, and so yeah, they're all young enough to be my children. And, you know, it was interesting, because what I noticed is that for a while, because we didn't, we never lived together. And we didn't, I didn't talk to my parents for various reasons for periods of time. So I didn't see them. And then also, like, they don't have their own phones for a while. And then my, you know, they started getting their own phones, but they don't know me, you know, and so they weren't confiding in me until like, I went and I started spending more time with them in person. And then they realized, oh, you also have similar feelings about mom and dad complicated feelings about mom and dad (laughs) and about religion and like i know i can confide in you so now they'll text me and sometimes even my my 15 year old sister will call me which is amazing like wow yeah i didn't think that they, they called people but they do uh yeah. <laughs> I barely nobody call calls people. anybody
0: nowadays. Uh, I mean, I run but, my own yeah. business and nobody calls me. I'm like She'll they're supposed to call me. It's
2: just, you know, it's like knowing that I have her confidence, you know, and yeah. things that she wants to speak about and knowing that I have her trust that I'll keep that confidence is so uh so rewarding. I can only imagine how much more rewarding it would be as a father, you know. Like, yeah, I, and I think cool. that like, you my- just have to let them know that you're there for them. And sometimes he's—you said he's a 13 year old boy. Yeah, my brother Jack is 13 years old, and that kid is like a fucking stone vault, bro. Like <laughs> he's—he's fucking weird, which I love. Like he—we did a Christmas. My—I—I uh, I got to see a lot of my siblings. I saw my one of my my oldest youngest brother <laughs> for the first time in seven years during Christmas. And I was like, ah, oh, wow. I know I'm taking a risk, but we're all vaccinated, so I'm gonna go to this. And um hmm. I hung out with like my my siblings and my mom and her husband and uh it was it was just so funny. Like he he kept he had a ladle that he was very attached to that he was wearing on his head a lot throughout the trip. I don't, no one knows why. He's just weird. And then <laughs> it he, was a we, what? A ladle, like a soup ladle.
0: <laughs> soup. OK, I thought that's what you said, but I was that, like, yeah, yeah, let me double check. <laughs> uh,
2: and then he like my mom brought all the uh, bought all these clear ornaments because she had us basically make every ornament for the Christmas tree that she also brought to the Airbnb. Oh, wow. <laughs> because she hadn't seen all our kids. Well, there was one of one of us was missing, but she hadn't seen this many of her kids all at once in so long that she like did every possible Christmas thing. Like we all made a gingerbread house. There was like a neighborhood of like fucked up gingerbread houses <laughs> wow. and we all made Christmas ornaments. And like she did. She she like went. We all made Christmas hats with our names on it and glitter. Um, Yeah, she went all out and. But Jack took it upon himself to take one of these clear, like glass ball ornaments, and he filled it with like all of the liquids he could find in the kitchen, and it was mostly (laughs) olive oil, I think. It was really gross, but it was also really beautiful. And so, like, oh yeah, we're fucking related for sure. (laughs) It's
1: like an early chemist, like (laughs) yeah. He's
2: also just like he's not very like. You know, whenever I go there, like my sister she'll run up and be like, "Hi, I' missed you," and be like, "Come, come and see my shit, like look at all these drawings I did, and like go through her whole sketchbook and tell me about all of her friends and her little boyfriend, and it's very cute and then Jack will come downstairs when my mom calls him and be like, "Hey, what's up?" And then he'll run back upstairs to like I don't know play Minecraft or something. I don't know what they do.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. My kids all they all have their own computers in the, in their rooms upstairs at at my house, and uh, they like it. It you have to pry them out of their little hidey holes because they go in yeah. when they come over for the weekend. They pretty much disappear for the whole weekend into their rooms and don't come out unless they need something to eat or something to drink yeah. and and then they go back and it's like I have to like stop them, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean in their Jack is definitely like,
2: <laughs> like that, but it's funny because my, my other little my little sister who's fifteen, she's in like um I don't know, what is it? Not four H, but one of those like agriculture things. Hmm. She lives in Texas. So uh she's raising a lamb right now and they also have a chicken coop. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I was at my mom's house for Thanksgiving and a few of the days that I was there, my family wasn't there, but I was like, I want to see you guys for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to, I'm going to come down and uh, I'm going to, you know, I'll be there before you leave and then I'll be there when you get back kind of thing. And Hmm. they, they left, and so I told them I was like, "I'll watch your pets." <laughs> <laughs> and my mom and her family—they have, or her immediate house family—they have three dogs, two cats, seven chickens, and then my sister. They also have a betta fish, and then my sister has a lamb that lives at a barn, uh, six miles like away from their house and so Whoa,
1: six miles
2: yeah so like every morning it was just this thing i would get i would like i would i usually they have a really big screen tv so I'd like fall asleep watching tv with like four because <laughs> i brought my dog too so i had like four dogs piled on me like a dog blanket and then i'd fall asleep and then i'd wake up to a dog licking my face because i had to go outside i'd let the dogs outside i'd feed all four dogs Then I would go and I would like sprinkle the chicken feed and water the chicken. And then luckily someone else was taking care of the lamb in the evening, but in the evening I had to, you know, deal with the chickens, get the eggs, feed the dogs, feed the cats, and then go. uh, And then also keep my dog away from the cat food. He gained like a pound that trip and then drive (laughs) and then go and like, I had to like, it was like scooping a giant litter box, like this, this whole lamb's little area. And like, I tried to pet her, but she would stomp her feet on the ground, like (laughs) angrily. So I was like, okay, you seem like you're good. I'm not going to try and pet you anymore. Cause she was like, they said she was a lamb, but she was like big. She was practically a sheep and (laughs) I would have to feed her and. Yes, feeder, scooper, poop. Get the water bucket, and then also like haul her poop out to a dumpster. And these little <laughs> bitches. And I, I, I don't, I shouldn't call them bitches. They're like high school girls, but like they would share a, a muck bucket, you know, uh, a bucket where they would scoop their poop into. And they would, it was, it's like a, it's like a, it's almost like a Russian roulette, but with poop, like. If you're the one who gets there when the bucket gets filled up, then you have to take it. And it weighs, like, it's a five-gallon bucket full of sand and poop. It's not light. Jeez. And, like, I'm still recovering from a broken arm, so I considered it a physical therapy. But I was, like, sweating. <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> I was sweating. Damn. And my little sister is 15, and she fucking does this shit, like, no problem. Like, wow. like, damn, you are you tiny, but you're strong.
1: <laughs> That's that going back to our
0: my original question at the start of the podcast it was like, what makes a badass, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hauling around a five gallon bucket full of sheep poop.
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm just glad that somebody in my family is knowing about agriculture, you know, because I'm, oh, yeah. I'm definitely um, I'm definitely a prepper type. Um I I tend to prep. <laughs> I always have like extra food ready just in case like the fucking all the supply chains, everybody's going on strike, like you got to fucking make sure that you know how to be
0: Do you have like a bug out bag? You know, like <laughs>
2: Yes, time to go. Just grab that. I have that a few. B- I have a few depending on the circumstance.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not like a prepper, like, and and it's weird to think because of my military because background and survival training. Swords. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, like all this stuff. I mean, I know how to shoot like almost every kind of weapon that's out there. Oh, but cool! The, the way that I the way that I think about it is like this: it's like I have the resources, like I know how to do things, to how to survive. Sure. So when the zombie apocalypse comes. Like, like right now, with my mental health and, and and me part of being a conscientious person is I yeah. realize I, I don't need a weapon in my house because okay. I have kids and i'm I'm a responsible adult, and i don't I don't want to lose my sanity one day and then grab a weapon and hurt somebody. Yeah. So I figure it's best it's the best choice to not have a weapon, and when the time comes when I need a weapon because I have zombies to kill I know how to get into like the local National Guard armory I know how to get into that you know it's like I know how to loot you know I can I can I can just go to a neighbor's house that
2: that has all this stuff uh, and and
1: just take it you know (laughs) like
2: I was watching 28 weeks later tonight and I was thinking I was like man you know, America, we really prepared for the wrong apocalypse. You know, we would be set in a zombie apocalypse because everybody has a fucking gun. You know, yeah. like we'll be Absolutely. fucking New York would New York would be fucked. But like you, <laughs> 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 would be fucking set. Um, but that's not that you can't shoot your way out of COVID. I think that's the thing that right. we're learning is that, and that's
0: uh, the thing that's just it just sucks so bad because like everything is like for me, like this whole like apocalypse thing, you know, like is it is like full of zombies or, you know, and some kind of threat of a nuclear weapon or some kind of just other crazy, like handmaid's tale kind of thing that, you know, the, the right wing rises up and starts (laughs) causing chaos and, you know, but like, it's not what I'm prepared for. Like I like but like also, COVID is not a, I, I. It's almost like life is normal, but yeah. everybody's dying at the same time.
2: So, so it really so sucks. Here's the thing that, <laughs> that, that's very interesting to me. So I, I I've always been kind of an apocalypse prepper type person, uh, at least a little <laughs> bit, even before all this. And um, I remember I was talking to my friend Howie Echo Hawk. Uh, and they're an amazing uh, indigenous. They, they would hate if I called them a comedian, but they are so funny. Um, And they're indigenous. And they were saying they were laughing one time when I was talking about like, prepping for the apocalypse, because they were like, they were saying something like, like, do you realize there are like, you know, 600 people left in my tribe? Like, my people already went through an apocalypse. We're currently right? living through our apocalypse. And so that's yeah. the thing. It's like when, when you say this thing of like, oh yeah, it's so crazy that like all these people are dying, but like everything is normal. And that's kind of, I mean, it's not the same experience as, as native people. Cause that was like way more intense, but like, it's also right. still a fucking thing. Like a, a lot of the reservations have totally like closed the roads down and they've had bats with, Uh, government officials over closing the roads to reservations and shit like that. Hawaii, they've been asking people like, please, dear God, do not come here. We don't even want to be part of the United States. Fuck (laughs) off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. I mean, like the, the history of our country, like going back to like, not even
1: like, was it like 300 something years? Like, um, yeah, like those those people have been through it,
0: you know, and, and like the the white man brought all this disease and Did it.
2: like Did it. Oh, pestilence you know what's and all this stuff. <laughs> like, you know what's interesting? So the other day I was looking at the worldwide COVID map. And yeah. one, one thing that I thought was funny was that like so like every country has a little circle over it. Like a translucent circle that represents the number of cases. So the more cases, the bigger the Mm. circle is. And when you look at the world map,
1: yeah, when you look at the
2: world map, the one that's over the United States is so big that it encapsulates like multiple continents. (laughs) (laughs) But if you look at this world map, all of the places where COVID is strongest and has the most infected is where white people live. So the United States, is really super infected. Europe right now is really super infected. Australia. And then South America, their numbers are way lower than North America. But then you look at Argentina, and it's like, Psh! you yeah. know about Argentina, right? Um, Argentina what? is where all the Nazis moved after World War Two. So there's a lot of oh. like white people in Argentina.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I I went
2: to college with a girl who was Argentinian and she had this like gold necklace and she bragged about how it was like, okay, trigger warning for like people who are (laughs) descendants of Holocaust survivors. But she bragged uh, about the necklace being made out of like teeth that like gold teeth that had been melted down. And I was like, this is. She she like said it like it was an interesting fact because she had gotten it from like her great grandpa or some shit. And I was like, this is not an interesting fact. This is like this you're just
1: morbid shit.
2: <laughs> you're making genocide into a fun party fact. <sighs> Ugh. Yeah. Ugh, I, uh, I gotta shake it off. It's like so gross. It's even like to they think went about-
1: through and Oh man. Like gold teeth that they like found
0: in like Auschwitz or something after like. It
2: was gold teeth. It was gold teeth from Jewish people that and and gay people and. You know. Yeah. Anyone who they didn't like uh, that were melted down and turned into a necklace that was then passed down to her from her great grandfather or whatever. And this was like fucking Boston, which Boston is like, oh, we're super liberal. Like, Massachusetts was the first one to legalize gay marriage. It's like, okay, well, then why aren't there more than one gay bar in Boston? And like you go to Boston and you're like, oh, there's two gay bars, right? There's machine and there's the ramrod. And then you realize, no, it's just machine on some nights and ramrod on other nights. And it's right next Uh to the fucking Fenway Park. So when you come out of the gay club and you're wasted and you're like not ready, some fucking Red Sox fan like pulls up and is like fucking faggot and like it's problematic.
1: Uh, Like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon drive (laughs) by and yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Oh jeez. Um hey, let's take a break real quick and then All we'll right. uh co- come back with everybody. I like to split
0: the episode, makes it a little easier to edit later.
2: Hell yeah. So uh
0: sweet. All right, we'll be right back.
2: Peace out. entertain us <laughs> i feel stupid and contagious. Contagious.
1: <laughs> all right everybody we are back we are <sighs> the uh you okay there
2: <laughs> yeah i just you know phlegm in my throat from some mystery virus that apparently isn't coped i don't even fuck
1: oh jesus so everybody out there, welcome back to the
0: Wormhole Manifest podcast. Um, I'm sitting here with uh, on, V Chatty the from the,
2: uh, on,
0: the <laughs> from the Frown Town podcast. Um, we talked about on the last segment uh, before we took a break um, some of uh, V's uh, family visits during the holidays, his sister's lamb and buckets of poop, um, a bit about buckets apocalypse. Of poop prepping um but we did not get into who v is and what
2: who am you're I?
0: about you do oh, the front podcast I? with jay jones yes which I is too. about i love jay um, jones jay jones is awesome it's about
2: laws
0: it's about uh there's uh it, you know comedians talk about comedians
2: laws trying to understand legislation
1: Hmm. And how we can take actions to improve our world. And
0: you guys can find that podcast everywhere. That podcasts are available. I love that podcast. I, I feel like the thing about it that
1: I identify with it is how open you guys are at talking to anyone at a level that anyone can understand. Because I'm not that bright. I.
2: Same. I've ha- done too many whippets, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not that educated. I do have a college degree, but I don't think I, it matters because I. I I stopped going to school in like seventh grade. I didn't go to high school. I uh, got a GED. I started, so college, I, I started taking college time. I started taking college Art classes because I was an artist back then in my early 20s uh, or my late teens. And I ended up joining the military because I was sick of my life and I was an alcoholic. So I was like, what do I need to do? I need to go on an adventure
1: and get out of here.
2: I wanted to be like gross. But then also I remember when I was in the eighth grade and I went through a phase where I like watched the movie G.I. Jane. And I was like, I watched, I was like, oh, you mean I can, like, sign up for this thing and it's free and, like, muscular men will drown me until I can barely breathe and then bring me up for air and, like, make me crawl in the dirt? Yeah, I want to do that. (laughs)
1: Wow. Okay. I mean.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I feel about the military. It just feels very kinky.
0: I think G.I. Jane came out when I was like, I think I had already been in for
1: three or four years in the Marines active duty. I'm in my mid 40s.
2: Okay, so, so I'm almost in my mid-30s, so it came out for me when I was, like, in 7th or 8th grade. Oh, wow. And it was very formative. Demi Moore fucking <laughs> yes queen. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for awakening my sexuality. But also, <laughs> like, thank you to those like, filthy fucking men drowning Demi Moore in troughs of shit. <laughs> That's how I remember it. It was like dirty water. You know, it like wasn't clean water and they were like drowning <laughs> her and she was like but then when she was done she was like oh, yeah, this is the I don't even remember what
0: the movie was about. Like I remember
2: I don't that either. I just remember the drowning scene 'Cause I was also like a Baptist, so I was like really uh into uh being baptized Baptism. in the water. <laughs> I was really into being drowned by a man bigger <laughs> than me.
0: <laughs> like the uh do you ever watch Archer and the character like the
2: yeah.
0: Cheryl or Carol or you know the London secretary? Cheryl she's who like-
2: loves to be choked. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I am Cheryl. I am Cheryl. And she's like my favorite will, because she's. I will uh, unfortunately happen upon a serial killer who overdoes. I've accepted. What's the safe them. word? <laughs> the safe word is. The safe word is you tap three times on their shoulder with your hand. <laughs> Uh you gotta you gotta have a nonverbal safe word when you're doing choking. That's just a shout out to everybody. I know choking has become super popular lately, uh, but I'm a choking old school person and I'm saying if you're gonna do choking, you need to come up with a safe word that is nonverbal. So it can be like yeah. a wrestling tap, like like a you know, like yeah, a yeah, double yeah, tap. tap out. Just tap them <laughs> twice, tap them out. That works. Tap three times. You know, whatever you need to do, but like, please come up with nonverbal safe words. I actually knew someone who their nonverbal safe word was jazz hands. (laughs) It was great. It was great. It was very apparent when they were done. They were just like, jazz hands, fuck off.
1: What are you drinking there?
2: Oh, this is uh, what is this? this is uh some old granddad
1: bonded? Which is uh, if you don't
2: know what bonded whiskey is, it's like federally hmm. overseen, and it oh. has to be it has to be bottled at exactly one hundred proof um and it it has to be from one distillery in one season so hmm. yeah it's a the whole thing oh shit nice. hold on i need to i need to grab a charger i forgot to do that oh my god i'm so sorry that's
1: okay we can we can pause real quick
2: take a break la 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 <laughs>
1: We are taking a quick break, everyone, and we will be back. I will cut this whole segment out, I think, on the final edit. But I'm not going to stop recording because, because that's just too much work to splice multiple tracks together. Okay.
2: I forgot how much work my computer has to do to podcast. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's okay.
2: All right. Well, what were we saying? Or did you have a next question? Because I think we went way off track.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We kind of did, but that's okay. Um, Okay. So I recapped the first segment and then we went into some other stuff. And I, let's see, we were talking about the podcast, your podcast. Um, what I want to go back into is, um, I know that you guys, you and Jay on, on your show talk a lot about laws and all that, um, and how people can, you know, do things on their end as, as citizens to, um, to help, you know, to, to, you know, whether it's voting or, or getting out there and just understanding what's going on, um, Mm -hmm. Besides that, because I don't know jack shit about laws, I don't know anything. Sure. But like, I have Me learned. A, I've learned a shitload of stuff just from listening to you guys. Um, Hell yeah! I want to get into you though. <laughs> that sounds fucked up. phrasing.
2: Sure, <laughs> um, sure, sure, sure.
0: How is your mental health? Because you've been through a lot. Like you've shared a lot of things on your show, and what you've sure. been dealing with. And my show is is centralized around mental health and that that doesn't mental health as a idea or as a a a subject matter does not pertain to like one particular person or type of person or a race of people or, you know, it's a human condition like we all have different variations of mental health issues and and a lot of my uh experience recently in the past two years um with doing a lot of uh, research on how i can help my mental health by using psychedelic drugs um and the things that i've experienced in the past year and a half or so has opened up my mind to like whole plethora of like just
1: ideas
0: of how us as humans have evolved to the point that we're at in our society and conjunction with like the way you guys talk about laws and things like a lot of those laws back in the 70s is the things that had banned these substances from the mainstream like They they had banned them for use, Um, and there was a lot of research before that from like the fifties the the well from like the thirties forties and fifties before they were banned in the seventies and the war on drugs began. um, There was some some uh, research being done for
1: uh, mental health, and and this was all very new back then. But if you go back. Into
0: cultures like we were talking about earlier, like indigenous cultures. Uh, there's cu- cultures in, in South America that have been using substances of the psychedelic nature um, for thousands of years, and they've yes. been using them in ceremony and uh, and and they've been using them in ways that have helped the 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 tribe or the culture back then. And back then, there was no, there's no record of things like mental health um, issues or whatever before, like maybe forty years ago. Like
1: there's like
2: people treated people back in DSM. yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, and it's just there's the treatments for people with mental health conditions a long time ago were were very you know strict and ridiculous um because they didn't know how to treat people back then and and it was like right you know
0: it was insane they were given like lobotomies and things like that you know and uh and now that we are in this so, second this new psychedelic renaissance and and things are being I approved mean, there now, was
2: when when LSD was first invented uh do you know about like Operation Midnight Climax?
1: Oh uh, um,
2: no. So there was this CIA dude because fuck it, fuck the CIA man. They fucking <laughs> fuck with so much shit. But the CIA they had this guy George White who was kind of just like conman type dude, and he basically got permission to dose anyone at any time with LSD for any hmm. reason, and he would just fucking go on like subway train cars and just aerosol LSD into the air and then fucking leave after he witnessed the effects. Like and so and and there's a uh there was a a happening, I guess you call it France, this small village in France where a bunch of people experienced what they thought was like air got poisoning, because air got poisoning is the basis of lsd and like if your bread gets a specific kind of mold it makes you hallucinate and then they can take that mold and make lsd but like people like jumped out of windows like people were fucking freaking out and they actually think the cia dosed this like random (laughs) little french town to test LSD cuz they were testing it
1: Was this uh, like for
2: a while.
0: after the 30s like after I mean obviously like cuz when this- Alexander
1: Shogun, uh or um was it Shogun? Damn it. My brain is off cuz I've been drinking um uh, <laughs> The uh the guy that invented LSD or not invented you don't invent something you just find it um sure. from uh damn it why am I forgetting the name it's like I we just celebrated his birthday it's Bike
0: Bicycle Week you know like bi- Bicycle Day is the day that Shul- not Shogun Shogun is Sasha Sol- Shogun who is another uh, chemist who did a lot of other synthesization. so um
2: the the uh, the mass poisoning in France uh, was in Hoffman. 1951. Albert Hoffman. Albert Hoffman. Wait, no, that I'm thinking of Abby Hoffman.
1: Yeah, the Albert Hoffman Sealed was the spell. one that first <laughs> synthesized LSD in in, in but, the 30s. Uh,
2: so haunt, a spirit mass poisoning in 1951. Um, but yeah, like. It was over 250 people, Um, 50 people in the town ended up in asylums and seven people died. And there was like a little CIA operation happening, apparently at the time.
0: That totally reminds me of, and I don't know if you've seen this, but for like, I think it was a while back, maybe 10, 10 years ago or so, there was a show about Leonardo da Vinci. And it was called Da Vinci's Demons.
2: And okay. it was a
0: fucking awesome show. Was it show. on the
2: History Channel?
0: <laughs> yes, I think so. It was, <laughs> it was so, it was great. Like, it was...
2: Right next to the aliens guy.
0: Like, the, the people that I was friends with back then, because I, before I got out of the military, they were like, oh, you gotta check out this, uh, this Da Vinci's Demons show. Because they knew what I was into. You know, they were like, you're like art and history and all this stuff. And, um, and the one guy that was kind of my friend back then was like, he's like, I don't really like it because it has like a lot of gay stuff in it. And I was like, (laughs) okay, but I watched it and I loved it. I was like, you know, of course, Leonardo da Vinci, he was all about like drawing and, and painting like nude figures and, 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 you know, he was constantly drawing dicks on everything, you know, like that's his character. (laughs) like. He was just like, you know, he was like
2: a 15 year old boy. <laughs> yeah.
0: But he was also about figuring out how, how shit works. You know, like you throw a pomegranate as something
2: dissecting those
1: dicks.
0: It <laughs> was he was just figuring shit out. Like how how does this is life? We need to like explore everything, you know, and that's kind of like how it was. But like that show was cool because like it had those elements of um like the mathematics and like the visuals almost like like you see kind of on like hallucinogens when you're when you're like picturing something in your mind and you see like the math floating out in front of you and like you (laughs) see like the you see like the things like changing form and like rebuilding itself on you know whatever the structure is you're looking at like you know i just imagine that that's kind of how Da Vinci was, you know, it was like when he was making his inventions, he was like this thing connect to that thing. And if you rotate this thing and it maneuvers this thing, it will just kind of, you
1: know, it just it works. It fucking works. You know, we can make things fly, <laughs> you know, we can do whatever. But. Uh, yeah,
0: so that show was cool, like and they had an episode in that where there was a a, a monastery. And in the monastery, there was a group of um nuns and the nuns and the the whatever they were that were living there, they had a ritual of kissing the feet of a statue that was in this like kind of a garden area like a uh, outside, and on the feet was growing this um fungus, and when they would kiss the feet, they would get like infected with the spores of the fungus and then later would start to hallucinate and go through yeah, like yeah. they they would get sick and they would have like these like major fits of hallucinations and stuff but the other people they didn't know because it wasn't like a medically like scientific explored area so they were like these people that are acting this way are um they're possessed they're possessed by demons and so sure. It took um, Da Vinci going there to explore the area. And then he realized that there is a chemical compound in this stuff that is in this water. There's like a fountain and the feet of the statue that these nuns have been kissing had this substance in it that was affecting them like a drug. And it was just like when I saw that, like as soon as I saw one of the nuns kiss the feet, I'm like, they're kissing some kind of substance. They're ingesting a a (laughs) drug and they're going to start tripping and that's what happened and i was like holy shit so a lot of the stuff back in the day when we think about things like witches and and people even people that have you know uh people that have been like sacrificed for being like crazy or whatever you know or insane you know they may not have been actually insane they may have just Induced some kind of chemical substance, and uh they were in a different plane of reality. And so, people around them were like, "This person's freaking out.
1: Let's kill him!" You know, like, it's fucked yeah. up shit. <laughs> um, okay, so that was a long tangent. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, v, what kind of drugs do you like?
2: <laughs> I mean, allegedly, I like all drugs. Um.
1: I don't know. I feel like
2: I've had some pretty good uh, psychedelic experiences. I've had some hard psychedelic experiences. Those are Um, best sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. The first time I ever did mushrooms when I was in college, I ended up, all of my roommates left the house because I was being really annoying and I was like personally haunting our house. I was just, like, wandering through the hallways going, ooh. (laughs) Uh, So everybody got wicked annoyed with me because it was very hot. It was in Boston in, like, the mid-2000s, and everybody was super fucking annoyed with me because I was making ghost noises, and it was 100 degrees, and it never got that hot. And... After about, like, two hours of haunting my own house, I decided I was going to go on a journey. Uh, I
1: went. I walked.
2: Well, I was walking to my. If you're from Boston and you know Boston at all. uh, Basically, I walked from North Cambridge up by Davis Square all the way to oak square in fright which is about seven miles um on the hottest day of the year um but on the way there i was like i work at Starbucks. i'm gonna stop by my work and get an iced tea <laughs> don't go to work when you're high it's not gonna help <laughs> you uh don't do it, even if you can get a free iced tea. Just pay a few dollars for an iced tea. It will serve you better uh, but i got I got my iced tea and I kept walking and this particular path that I took there were no trees, there was no shade, and I had at the very least I had put on sunscreen, but the thing was about the sunscreen is that it felt way too thick Hmm. and so like I put it on my body but then like I felt like no matter how much I rubbed it in it like didn't rub in so I like wiped my whole body down with a towel Uh, and then I walked seven miles on a 110 degree day and I made it there, and luckily the people whose house I showed up to were like very well-versed and people who are tripping way too hard and were like, hey, I don't know you. You're one of my roommate's friends, and they're not going to be home from work for two hours, but here's a book about space. Why don't you sit in this one air-conditioned room and just flip through the pages? Oh, wow. So yeah, I've yeah I've had my so you my were, fair share. So, so
1: you took shrooms and then you went on a little journey outside yes. locally. That's, that's yeah, I like walked
2: seven miles in a hundred and ten degree heat with no tree cover. Wow, it's not a good idea.
1: No, it's not. Like, but I it mean, did
2: it did feel very cleansing, but also. Oh my God. I just remembered. I like called my sister. Okay. So I have a lot of sisters, but like this sister, she's like my closest sister. We're like, you know, less than 18 months apart. And I had called her because I had felt this extreme, like bursting of love for her. And so I called her But then once I got on her voicemail, I didn't remember how to speak. So she just (laughs) got this voicemail that just kind of sounded like. "Uh, uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Yeah, that's like a true. I mean, that is a language in itself.
0: If you if anybody (laughs) out there hears this and you are getting a message from a loved one and you hear something like
1: what V just said, just know that that is a language that comes from pure love. And
0: yeah, that's awesome. I've, I've never had an experience like that because I mean, I've. Back in my twenties I did some uh I did some psychedelics, uh mostly LSD. Um, but I I was in such a confined um uh, area or like I, I did it one time when I was or I, I did it one time at a party that I was I, I I dropped the I dropped the L and I went to my old work and I hooked up with some friends And then we got a ride to a party and I was coming up the whole time and I like tripped during the party and the whole thing. I was talking to random people. It was very confusing. It was a very, I got lost in the house that I was at because I had never been there before. And I was like, holy shit, like, where am I? Like, you know, how do I get out of here? And it was like, (laughs) it was very confusing and I don't even know how I ended up back at home at the end of the night at that. Um, and I did several other times where I would just do it just at my house, my, my apartment. I had a one room studio apartment at one point and I would trip there and, uh,
1: just do art or like draw and like watch anime or TV or whatever. Um, but I hadn't
0: done it so much like outside, and that was like, that's what I'm learning. Oh, I love now.
2: LSD outside.
0: That's what I'm learning now is that in in the past year and a half of my my studies of of the healing factors of hallucinogenic drugs or psychedelics, is that you can really get in tune with nature when you're yeah. outside. And you're and, I fell and in love want, with a
2: log. <laughs> and
0: and I and I, I, I learned how to grow shrooms and I've been growing my own shrooms uh for a while. I ha- I uh or I Allegedly. haven't in a while, but yeah. <laughs> but uh I haven't tried them outside. That's the thing. It's like I'm just it's it's a weird thing. Like I don't have I don't know. I'm a very indoor kind of person. I don't know. I, and... I
2: I feel like my favorite time. I mean, I do love the very controlled door uh, trip, but I also love a very like mystical, wild outdoor trip. You know, I'm going to let's say a uh, a hot spring. That's up oh in Snoqualmie. And someone else drives. <laughs> <laughs> but you can look up at the stars and see all these constellations. And it's amazing. Or like. Uh, I've never
0: been to a hot a, springs. I, and I want to go so bad. I had a like, friend
2: who was a geologist. Japan. And uh, so I would just like do LSD. And we would go to a ravine camp and I'll be like what's this what's this what's this what's this what's this and she would tell me everything because she's a scientist and she thinks it's fun and interesting to tell me what these rocks Uh, it's a good time
1: science is awesome I love science it is I I especially
0: love science and learning about science stuff when I'm high because I'm like Oh my God, there's so much stuff that I don't know. And like when you're an old guy like me who's been around the world a few times and has seen things that other people only dream and imagine they could possibly see, and I've seen them with my own two eyes, and I have the, I don't have the appreciation that some people that imagine seeing those things does because. I've been there and I've seen it and I like am thinking, what is wrong with me? Because I'm like, not impressed. And I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, like, seriously, I'm
2: just I don't know. I'm impressed with most nature that I see. Like, I don't know, but I am also I'm also impressed when I see like a pretty like spectacularly degraded house on the side of the road, so. Yeah. I'm impressed. I'm easily impressed.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's a, that that's kind of a rule. Like that's what we have to like think to ourselves is like when we
0: see something, we have to appreciate it for what it is and what we take in and what we, you know, um and as like an old artist I'm I'm getting back into being creative and I haven't I kind of dismissed the whole artist thing for a long time and I was like you know I'm, I'm not an artist I don't know what the hell this means from this you know from what this is but like when I was younger I wanted to be that's all I dreamed of being was an artist and I was like what does that mean even you know do we create things for others to appreciate or do we you know but by studying other previous artists before us, we realize that we
1: as humans create things and we create to express ourselves. And when we express ourselves, others interpret what they see from our expression. And I think that's kind of like the whole thing is like, you know, what do
0: we do and and that's why I'm like trying to do, to do this podcast because I want to have
1: want to have interesting people on this show, and we can talk about different things and uh get different perspectives because that's really what life is about is' like <clears throat> learning and growing and evolving and like if we stop and we If we stop thinking and we just like accept everything around us as what it is and what we are and we don't continue to change our mind about things, then I think we've stopped evolving. So it's like, I think that's something I want to get out there. Something I want
0: to like keep this show going. I want to like say
2: we're, we're let's evolving, keep evolving whether we like it. We're evolving whether we we like it or not. <laughs>
1: That's true. I mean, yeah. So where are we at now? I am here, and you are here, and we've uh, come to this point. Where I have to say, how is this podcast going? <laughs> <laughs> what, what got you in, like out of all the things that you've been doing and, and where you're at now, you're doing the podcast stuff, but um, what got you into comedy as a, as a thing? Like- um,
2: I, I had a, I had been into comedy since I was like in middle school. I really liked Eddie Izzard and I just, I didn't understand how people did that. And then in college I ended up dating a comedian and I started doing comedy that way. And I was like, Oh, you can just like go out and fucking do it. All right, chill. Let's do it.
1: How how does one go about getting into comedy or stand up? Like, how do you start doing that? Like
2: before COVID happened, it was just you would go to open mics and do you know three to five minutes. Hmm. Uh, Now there's a lot of online open mics. I don't know. Don't ask me about it. I kind of dipped out of comedy for the last few years because I find it to be I don't know. I'm not into it so much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I just see too many comedians out there who I know aren't making any money like performing and sharing a mic with other people like during a literal pandemic. And I'm just like, you're not getting paid for this. Stop it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be tough. I mean, like, That's the thing I think about the most when it comes to stand-up comics is like,
0: you know, you're performing for a crowd normally, in the
1: yeah, and laughing
2: is one of the like most like spraying of bacteria activities that you can do. Yeah, and so it just for for me, like I was doing some shows when it was warmer, but when things started to spike again, I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. And then seeing all of these people continuing to do comedy when COVID is spiking so fucking high and everything is overloaded. It's just very disappointing to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's rough.
2: So as far as getting into comedy, uh, for the next year or so I would say fucking don't <laughs> just make a TikTok and try to be as funny as you can until yeah. this pandemic slows down
0: yeah there's like so many avenues that's another thing
1: I was kind of thinking of I didn't have it written down but now that I think about it like um, when you have When you have classic careers like stand-up comedy, like now with our age of social media and TikTok and all that, like how does that affect a traditional stand-up comic when it comes to people that provide
0: so much online content that is either comedic I, I mean I have or... no idea
2: because it's, it's so new like there's yeah. like for example Robin Tran Um, she got famous on TikTok she did her special in a comedy club right before COVID and started releasing her snippets of her comedy club appearance on mm. TikTok and so she got Now she's doing all sorts of shows and shit. And that's amazing. Um, but like, it's, the thing is, is that most comedy clubs are trying to like pay you as little as they possibly fucking can. Mm. And so like, any comedian who's like, oh, I need to do a comedy show, like ask them how much are they getting paid? Because most of them are getting paid in like drink tickets and like, oh, okay, you can get like a free dinner. Like, is a free dinner really worth it? <laughs> and when you're in a bar, oh. like they say that you need to be vaccinated and masked, but you can not wear a mask if you're drinking a beverage and so most people just drink a beverage throughout the whole show so that they're unmasked throughout the whole show mm. so yeah I don't know I just feel like stand up comedy is a fucking liability right now
1: <laughs> uh, that sucks too because like I mean the the world needs you you know the, it's the, the, the a young
2: world, sport
1: but the, the world needs comedy right now
2: comedy and has existed in many forms and will continue to do so stand up yeah. comedy is a very narrow form of comedy, and that's what people need to understand is there's yeah. so many different kinds of comedy happening outside of stand up comedy and stand up comedy is not fucking 100% pure like fucking comedy form. Only stand-ups think that. They think that stand-up comedy is like the purest form of comedy and it's fucking not. Like fuck you. Improv people at least can fucking make something up on the spot. Anyway, I'm just bitter.
1: <laughs> That's good, though. That's that, I, I love to hear your point of view. Um, it's. I think it's reassuring because I know that there's a lot of people out there who maybe. Uh, I, I, for one, have have only
0: been to like a handful of like stand up comic shows and and I remember them and I remember them because they were so. I mean, I was there, cringy. you know, and when you when you're there in a Situation and you remember it; it's it stands out in your mind. But like, there's, I've seen like dozens of stand-up comic videos on like Netflix or YouTube or whatever, and I I see those comics and I remember those too. And then I remember the ones when I was a kid and I saw on like videotape, like the,
1: uh, the Eddie Murphy and the the. Uh, Oh, crap. What was the name? I saw it. <laughs> it was just
0: there. Um, I, I My brother, my older brother, used to rent videos from the local video store. And when my parents are, were away, he would say, hey, let's watch this funny tape. It's a funny guy. And I'm like, a funny guy? What does that mean? You know, like, it's just fu- like, <laughs> like, Jerry, like Jerry Lewis, you know, like, because to me, Jerry Lewis was a funny guy because all of his movies were like. To me as a kid, hilarious, you
1: know? And right. so we we prop put in, he'd put in the tape and it'd be like uh, Richard Pryor or, you know, uh, or,
0: or some other comedian and they did their live stand-up set and it was on a videotape. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is so vulgar. Like, and I was like nine or 10 and it was, my brother was just like, you know, parents weren't there, so it didn't matter. But the majority of it I didn't think was funny because I was like, this is gross. What is he talking about? You know? like. (laughs) But then later as I got older, I realized that my brother was just trying to be cool and show me things that adults wouldn't show me and was trying to be the one to introduce me to things that were like adult ideas or you know, whatever. But like that Richard Pryor stuff and that like Eddie Murphy stuff that young like stood out for a long time and and it may have been a contributing factor to things as I became an adult to like toxic masculinity and and other things, you know, but like I try not to look too deep into it, you know, I'm like it's it, it was what it was. I am dealing with my own issues and I realize things for what they were. And, and also like comedy in itself
1: or any kind of creative material is a. Uh, um, there has to be like a creative freedom at some
0: point, like for whatever, for whatever we're doing, like for this podcast, I'm creating things and I'm introducing yeah, but people to things. You also
2: have to know your audience.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So when you're doing stand-up comedy, oftentimes the audience is different. Every single night, you have to scan people in the crowd and be like,
1: uh-huh. who's
2: my audience? Yeah. And how
1: am I going to perform for them? Yeah. And that that's... That's got to be tough. I can't even imagine, like... um. I'm not a very good public speaker. I, I've had a class on it and I
0: basically, <laughs> bom- I basically bombed it because I ended up talking for right. 20 minutes and not asking any person out in the audience questions that pertained to them because everybody said it was very interesting information I was sharing, but they were like, I didn't engage the audience because I was just like too busy rambling on and that Right. What I'm hoping to avoid with this podcast, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's what we're all trying to avoid with our podcast is
1: on. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. So, um, man, where do we go from here? It's already kind of late. Um, let's go ahead and
0: start wrapping up. Um, V is, has been amazing having you on here. I loved having, uh, you on here and hearing your stories, um, hearing your
1: perspective. Uh, where can everybody find you on social um, media?
2: You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, the TikToks at uh, V-Chatty. That's V-E-E-C-H-A-T-T-I-E. Um, yeah, follow me and say hi. If you say hi, then I'm more likely to follow you because sometimes I don't always know who people follow me.
1: <laughs>
2: and I will go ahead
1: and say that you are on the uh, Frowntown podcast at yeah.
0: Frowntown pod. Everybody can find you there. Um, yes,
2: absolutely.
0: It's an amazing podcast. Everybody should check it out. It's also with Jay Jones. Uh, Jay is an amazing human being as well and has guided me best into uh, starting this podcast so I thank him very much Um, I have a shout out for at Jared H or Jared the weed weird worker I can't say what am I what's wrong with me (laughs) the the W's uh, weird worker he was the witch that was on my last episode of the first season Um, I was introduced to him by uh at Just Call Me Frank, uh, my friend Frankie, who had followed him for a while and uh introduced me, and I was like, that that was a very interesting episode. And I uh look back on that and I hope to uh keep um expanding on ideas like I had during that episode to uh increase the uh I don't know, just to make the episodes in the future better. <laughs>
2: Heighten oh. the vibes, bro.
0: Yeah. Um, v, uh, I don't know if there's anything else we can cover. I don't know what else you want to share, or um, hopefully
1: we can get my you mi- back. I, if I can get you, my mind if I can... is
2: blank like a Barbie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, drugs are awesome.
2: Yeah, you I'll come something... back anytime. Let me know.
1: Okay, I appreciate that. Um, Let's see. I'm going through my notes here. I'm making sure I didn't miss anything. Um,
0: I have so much more to uh, bring to the show in the future. Um, Lots of uh, sketch things I was thinking up of, uh, like different uh, uh, scripted scripted sketches. I was trying to think of doing some stuff like that in the future. Um, but mainly, I want to keep
1: the um, the general theme of the show around mental health. Because um, it's very important, I I believe. Mental health and constantly thinking
0: of how we are doing as people in this society. There's a lot of fucked up shit out there in the world that drains our energy. It drains us as people. It drains us of who we think we are. And it makes
1: us question everything about our reality. So if there's anything that I can do to help, that's what I want to do. Because I've been to the depths of a mental health crisis.
0: And it is not fun. I don't want to return there. I lost many years off of my life because of that situation. And I don't want to re- repeat that. So, if anybody else is in that same situation, I want to be here to tell you that you are not alone and there is a way out of that situation. We have to work together. We have to be open minded. We have to be here for
1: each other. And overall, we just have to be who we are and know that it's okay to not be okay so everyone also, out there, also
2: your meds are not the man
1: yes exactly i have gotten off seven different medications in the past two years and i'm down to one and i feel better than i've ever felt in my life because of it and
0: it's not just because of the meds, but because of all the work that I've done to get to the point mm-hmm. that I'm at. So there's not a magic bullet out there. There's not a magic pill. There's not a red pill or a blue pill that can take you out of the matrix.
1: There is. You know what, though? You. I've been
2: loving those green pills and those orange pills. Talk about Day Quill and <laughs> Night Quill.
0: I need to get better sleep. <laughs> Because I have been an insomniac lately. Oh, you should lately. get
2: fucking that purple pill, bro. That fucking Z-Quill <laughs> into your fucking face.
0: I need something because Nothing. I have not been sleeping good lately. Take a, a Z-Quill.
2: Take a Z-Quill as an as a professional insomniac. Let me tell you, Z-Quill. If you want to get on like a fucking day day timers schedule currently I am nocturnal, so that's the schedule that I'm on but if you want to be a day timer is quill drink that shit it will put you to sleep but it doesn't have like all the stuff that NyQuil has in it it just has the sleepy part or you can get that <laughs> Kava stress relief tea you can find it at any grocery store Kava is like literally drugs so you do like two or three bags and one cup and you like sip that shit down maybe do a second cup you will be out it is it's not as good as weed but it's pretty fucking close it's amazing wow shout out to okay Java.
1: I, I will i will i will definitely look into that because i
0: need something because i'm starting to like get kind of how i was a couple of years ago where i was like Starting to lose my shit and not be as mindful and 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 laid back and chill as I was because of the
1: lack of sleep. But
2: there are ways. There are ways. <laughs> <laughs> just just as a, as an insomniac, I just ask you to be careful about ambient because as an, uh, an insomniac, oh, I, I took Ambien. Do that stuff, and I ended up sleepwalking. So much. <laughs> it was bad.
1: Well, I was on uh, trazodone for a while, and I almost
0: killed oh, myself I love when tra- I was on that.
2: Oh, I love trazodone. I'm sorry that you. Uh,
0: I I basically stood up and passed out while I was standing up and almost bust my head on the table, but my wife saved oh, my no. life.
1: And uh,
2: yay, wife.
1: Yeah, Rachel. Save me, and that's like why I'm here today because that was very,
0: very close to not being here and <laughs> it scared her to sure. death. And I, it's crazy, like all the meds I was on back then, it was just like insanity. I'm like in such a better place. If I could just get my sleep under control, then I'd be a little healthier. But, um, yeah, I'll look into that stuff that you were mentioning.
2: Sleep is the hardest thing. The only effective sleep medication that has worked for me so far is uh having a dog.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, my dogs to snuggle me, with me. He, but...
2: he wakes me up from from my nightmares and he uh I don't know, he's in my dreams now, like and he like defends me in my dreams.
1: That is awesome. So
2: I don't know. I've taken all the types of pills you can take for nightmares and they're not as effective as dog.
1: Good, good going, Rocco. Uh,
2: Shout out to Rocco.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Rocco. (laughs) Thanks for keeping uh, V V safe there. That's awesome. Okay, well, V,
0: thank you so much for being on here. I love you to death. I love it. I love Jay. I love your guys podcast. Um, I hope everybody will check oh, out the front town pod and, uh, and learn more about V and Jay
1: and all these awesome people out there that they know and talk to and, uh, and yeah, everything else. Like I, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, Wait, there's, where's my other notes? Damn it. I think I did create my notes from the old script. Oh, well, if anybody wants to check me out, check out uh,
0: the Wormhole Manifest podcast on Twitter at
1: WormFestPod. And uh, you can find the other stuff from there. Thank you very much, everybody. V, thank you very much. I hope you have a great night. And uh, we will talk to everybody
0: later. See ya.
1: Bye.